Welcome to the midweek Mission Ridge podcast known as Footnotes. Footnotes is here to give you some of the stuff that we didn't have time to cover in the sermon and encourage you to dig in deeper as you study the text. So let's dive in and check out what's in the footnotes. Welcome to another episode of Footnotes. Glad to have you with us today on the podcast. Your normal hosts, Jennifer Bartlett. Hi, everyone. Rob Croyle. Hello. And myself, Logan Daly. Whoop, whoop. Hi, self. Hi, self. <laughs> I never know what to do there. It's always a little awkward, but it's fine. <clears throat> it is it's me, fine. and I don't know what to do. <laughs> yes, I am. I am here. I am talking to you. That that is me. <laughs> Greetings from me. Nonetheless, uh, let's let's just dive. We got all sorts of fun stuff today. Uh, let's dive right into our shortcomings, because yeah. Rob, you did actually have a pretty glaring shortcoming. That I completely missed. Yeah, um, <laughs> so glaring, so glaring that it just I was I just completely missed it. What 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 did you do? What done you done? What done you done now? Well, I created this great Hebrew slide. I was so proud of my Hebrew slide. It says yes. it says Hager and Hager all at the same time. One slide, two One words. One slide, two words. Nailed yeah. it. Clever. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Clever little Rob. And this was supposed to connect chapters 15 and 16 in a third way, which you identified there's a fourth way. We'll talk about that a little later. But I said Hager was the servant, and that's not what that's, that's Ger not means. Ger is. is not servant. It's stranger. That's alien, so frustrating. Sojourner. Ger! Hager. <laughs> the... Hager is the stranger, like <laughs> the title of the sermon says. Oh, oh, is that what the, the title of the sermon was tied to? Was the stranger, which should have been Hager, as opposed Hager. to the servant? Hager. Yes. Oh, okay. And Hager. Which is why I completely missed it, because in my mind, you said the servant, and I heard the stranger, because I knew that's what it was. Mm-hmm. So I completely missed it. In fact, when you texted me after listening to the sermon on Sunday, <clears throat> you, I was like, wait, what? You didn't notice in... Of course that's what it means. During the right. recording? No. I posted there saying, hey, Hager is... No. No, I yeah. didn't. Yeah. How many times did you watch it before Sunday? At least three. <laughs> <laughs> and it, it auto-translated in my head. Yeah. That's... Every single... Like, I had Siri running in the brain, and it was the... Autocorrect. Like, it was the stranger every time Rob said it. Huh. He so said it... the servant, I heard the stranger. He could have saved you, but... There wasn't room on the. There was just, it was just not. It was not happening. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that was uh, that was a glaring shortcoming. But we have now clarified that for you, and now you can autocorrect it in your brain just as I did. Hogger is the stranger. Yes. I almost said the servant again. <laughs> Dang it! It'd be like a cesarean or a suzerain cesarean, whatever something vassal that somebody said completely wrong every single time in the podcast episode at one point. I don't remember who that was. <gasps> Me neither. I don't remember who would do such a thing. Um, do with that what you will. Now, uh, we are going to cut to an interview that Rob, you and I did with Watson's Children's Shelter because yeah. they have their annual bike for shelter. And that will explain the details of that. And then we'll talk about that maybe a little bit more when we get back. Well, today we are joined with Angie and Megan from Watson's Children's Shelter. They are the Development Director and Development Coordinator, respectively. 
and we are here to talk about the 2020 Watson's Children's Shelter Bike for Shelter, which yeah. is looking a little different this year. Uh, this year, it is a virtual bike-a-thon. Uh, does which, one of you... Which doesn't even cause me to sweat. Yeah. Do it like I, the the virtual <laughs> exercise. This sounds perfect for me. Um, <laughs> does one of you two uh, want to like what what what? This is going to be a little different year this year. Obviously, what is that going to look like? So typically, our bike for shelter is held at the community medical center big lawn in front of the hospital which is also in front of one of our buildings. We call it the fort because it's over near Fort Missoula. We have two homes. And so um, that's our first official new building in 2000. And that's kind of when we started this ride. And typically around a thousand people show up and we have a great bike ride. It's been a 10 mile ride. It's actually been a bunch of different mileage rides. So this year we had planned for 2020, a 20 mile ride, yeah. a 10 mile ride and a two mile ride. And, um, and then January and February happened. And then we decided that we needed to still figure out a way to do this event because it's very critical to our fundraising for our programs. However, we knew that we could not have a thousand people jumping in bouncy houses and having a cookout with hamburgers and hot dogs and music and um, all these yard games to play. We knew that we needed to kind of refocus how that was gonna look. So virtual it is. So you can ride your bike anywhere, any state, any country and um, ride kind of in honor of the family and children's that we service here at Watson Children's Shelter. So um, so that's kind of how we had to change it up this year. So how does, how does exactly does a, a virtual ride work? So um, all you have to do is go to our website at watsonchildrenshelter.org and you can register for your ride there. And then, um, you know, make sure you are following bike safety guidelines. So have a helmet, have proper attire, make sure your bike is all good to go and then plan where you want to ride. You can ride with family and friends or you can ride by yourself um, and make sure you're following social distancing, of course, and just go on whatever mileage of a ride that you choose. So it could be half a mile. It could be 30 miles. It's whatever you want to do. Um and while you're on your ride, make sure to stop and take a selfie so that you can share that with um, Watson Children Shelter on social media. And then that will enter you into a family-themed raffle basket. Nice. So the virtual ride is completely at your own time, own convenience, own pace, whatever you choose. Um, just a way to virtually support Watsons and ride with all of us this May. Perfect. And is there a, so we, we register and then we, we do the ride and then do we report that or how does that, how does that work? Yeah. So we're kind of just trusting everyone that they're going to complete the ride. Even if they register, um, no need to, you know, report your time or anything like that. You can just, um, 
If you choose, if you want to enter into the raffle basket, you can share that with us on social media, or you can email it to us at info at shelter for children. Um, So that's kind of the honesty there. We just want people to kind of get out and enjoy the beautiful state that we live in and wherever anyone else lives, um, get outside and enjoy the fresh air. Nice. I like that. The competitive side of me says, I'm going to email you my time. (laughs) I mean, we actually just had someone do that um, over the weekend. Uh, He said that he was not one to do selfies, but he recorded his time, his mileage, (laughs) and he sent us all of that. That's awesome. So you can compete with him. (laughs) I will. My my competitive side says that I'm going to make up a time that's better than Rob's and email that to you. (laughs) (laughs) Is there, uh, so you mentioned registering. Is there a fee to register? So typically... We are, so no is the answer. (laughs) (laughs) So this, this is a fundraiser where we ask sponsors to sponsor the event. Um, In turn, they obviously get acknowledgement. This year, we were lucky to have Montana Rail Link and the Dennis and and Phyllis Washington Foundation be our premier sponsors. So we're super grateful that even though we weren't able to hold this event, a lot of acknowledgements that they would get at the in-person events obviously aren't going to happen this year. We're not having these, you know, these hundreds of people being able to see all of these companies who have supported us. So, um, so we're very grateful that all of our sponsors said, you know what, this is an important cause to us. So we're still sponsoring you, whatever the event looks like. We're really not concerned about that. We just want to make sure that um, Watson's gets our support. So in that, we are trying to figure out all these different ways to still give them acknowledgments for their support for us. So um, a participant can ride for free. Your kids can ride for free. Your grandmas and grandpas can ride for free. But when you register, we do have, after you've submitted your registration, there is also a donate button. And um, we have had people donate $5. We've had people donate $0. We've also had people donate hundreds of dollars, Mm. which gets me choked up because we used to charge a fee, $12 to $15 a person. And, um, And when we're having people show how generous they are, um, it's really overwhelming, especially when we're not having the bouncy houses and the, the cookouts so that you get a lunch. Um, we're just really grateful that people are still wanting to support this cause. It is directly going to the service for children and families in the state of Montana who are going through some sort of a crisis. And I would have to say in this moment, it feels like a lot of us are going through a crisis, but there are families who are really struggling And in those times, um, there's just more chance for things to happen that make it an unsafe environment for children. And we're really focused on that. So for us to be able to have support from the community and know that they are really paying attention to what we're all going through at this time, um, we need to just make sure that these kids are safe right now. Nice. That's excellent. How many... uh how many people have signed up so far? I mean, like what, how, how are things going this year versus last year when it comes to participants? 
So typically on the day of, we have, um, I would say, over 500 um, participants. It really depends on the weather. Um, last year, we had really good weather, so that was really nice. Um, and right now, we have probably 330, about 330 people signed up for the virtual ride. So um, about half of probably what we normally do, which is really amazing considering it's a virtual ride and you're not getting all of those things that you normally do with an in-person event. Sure. 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 That's uh, well, and the month is still young. So what's when, when is the, this is all in the month of May. So hypothetically May 29th, I could register and sign up and do a ride. Yeah. We, we want everyone to be able to kind of be flexible with this time and use whatever day or hour you have available to ride your bike. So you can register at any time. It doesn't mean that when you register, you have to ride your bike. We do ask, what date are you going to ride? What's the length of your ride? Um, sure. We don't hold you to that. We have no idea. <laughs> it's really just to kind of get an idea. And we, we're just getting that information to see. Um, we've had people who have ridden 34 miles. We've had people who have ridden one mile. So it's just kind of interesting to see what everyone is filling out. And um, But we had people even participating before May 1st. That's awesome. Um, so, yeah, we still have quite a few days left in May. We have until May 30th. May 30th was the original date of our event, which, um, you know, it would be great to have more people going out on May 30th just kind of um, to commemorate that day. Yeah. But any day that works for you works for us. Show some cool. solidarity. I like that. I like that. As a church, uh, we have some folks that like to ride. And so uh, we're getting ready to advertise this this week. We're going to pick a date. I'm looking, this Saturday is 69 degrees, so I don't know if we're going to do it that quickly or if we're going to roll the dice and hope that we have another sunny Saturday or Sunday coming, but uh, we plan on doing this as a church, and I've already talked with some folks that are excited to do this, and so we appreciate what you guys do. Um, I think the kind of work that you guys do and the way you go after it is fantastic, so Big shout out to you guys. Thank you for for the way you do ministry, and uh, we want to support you guys. Well, thank you. We really appreciate it, um, even just helping us get the word out about our events and um, kind of what we do here at Watson's is really important, so thank you. And we're yes. looking forward to the day when we could celebrate with you guys. So I know you guys have another event in the fall, so we'll be uh, talking to you again uh, right here on Footnotes uh, as we get closer to that event, and I'm hoping that we could all come together and celebrate together because I think that's a valuable thing to do as a community. And I know other folks are wishing to be able to do the same with you guys. Yes, we would. We would love to have all Mission Ridge um, hang out at our tennis program in October. We're just hoping that will happen. <laughs> Your what? The tennis program. See, now we're talking my language. All right, Rob's going to win the bike ride. I'm all over this tennis. Let's do this thing. All right. Now I'm, see, I'm legit excited now. Come see, we fall, have come. to have something for everyone. <laughs> oh, so good. So good. I, you could, my goodness, I'm, I'm giddy now. This I is wasn't wonderful. sure Logan was awake for this. And then I know. you said, tennis <laughs> <laughs> all right, that's better than coffee. <laughs> perfect 
Perfect. Well, you can rest assured there will be more information about that coming out later. (laughs) Absolutely. Oh, that's wonderful. Well, any uh, any closing thoughts that you want to make sure that we we get out there or information or anything like that? Um, if you have any questions or not really sure how the virtual ride works, you can visit our website at watsonschildrenshelter.org. And if you click on special events, go to Bike for Shelter. There's a video that explains everything. Um, there's lots of details on there. Obviously, our website also has our contact information. So um, just reach out if you have any questions or concerns. Absolutely. Thanks, guys. Thank you. And we're back. That was a that was a fun little interview, and I did get very excited there at the end. Yes, you did. Um, Jen, who was not in the room for that interview, is like, "Wait, what did? How? What? Huh?" So I guess I'll hear it on the footnotes so Rob podcast. Rob is ready to annihilate Logan on the bike ride. Right. Yeah. Virtually. 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 He's going to virtually just decimate me. Right. Because I'm not a biker. Right. Rob is a biker. Right. But there is a fall event. Is it like a grow your beard? It's a tennis pro-am. Do you play tennis? Yeah, boy. (laughs) Logan's going to decimate some people. He's got a tennis court in his backyard. I grew up with a tennis court in my backyard. Oh, well, yeah, you're going to slaughter everyone. So there you go. I but no, they they mentioned that and I perked up like crazy. I was like, it was like a double shot of espresso. Wow. It was it was pretty funny. That's <laughs> awesome. Anyway, I just think uh, I'm looking forward to you uh, show me a little love and playing tennis. I think it would be <laughs> there'll be plenty of love. Oh my gosh, that was really good. <laughs> I, that was really good, Rob. <laughs> Actually, oh man. <laughs> <laughs> Woo. <laughs> Uh, oh man all the jokes there is some repetition at the beginning of chapter 16 rob you mentioned re- this. it really is through throughout the whole thing but there's just some some things said here that the author is just trying to wake you up that hey i'm, I'm using repetition here on purpose but i'll just start off with uh 16 one now sarai's wife now sarai abram's wife had borne him no children she had a female Egyptian servant whose name was Hagar. And Sarai said to Abram, Behold, now the Lord has prevented me from bearing children. Okay, so we're, we're told twice that she's not bearing children. Go into my servant, told twice that she's got a servant. It may be that I shall obtain children by her. And Abram listened to the voice of Sarai. So when Abram lived 10 years in land of Canaan, Sarai... Abram's wife, wait a minute, didn't we just get told that she's everybody's, Abram's wife? Like, mm-hmm. and <laughs> took yep. Hagar, the Egyptian, her what? <laughs> her servant, and gave her to Abram, her husband. Yep, that's Man. that's what wives have as husbands. <laughs> Making real sure that we got this clear, <laughs> we got all the clarity here. As a wife, and he went into Hagar and she conceived, and when she saw that she had conceived she looked with contempt at her mistress and sarah said okay so i mean it's just over and over and over again and i imagine that there's uh there's chiasms with within chiasms but there is a larger chiasm for 16 and and we'll just focus on that for this time because we could just dive in and dive in and dive in and um 
it would take Logan even longer to produce this. Um, <laughs> so when you a chiasm has an A, a B, a C. Um, in this case, a D, which is the middle, uh, another companion C, a companion B, and a companion A. So the A for talks about Abram and Hagar um, and Sarah, Sarai not bearing. And so Hagar's mentioned twice. Abram's mentioned one, two, three, four, five, six times. Um, and there's someone not bearing at the end of this chapter, you got Abram mentioned four times, um, and three times we're told that Hagar bears. Hmm. So those are your bookends. That's your A, your B. Um, we see this. When she saw and in her eyes repeated twice. So it says when she saw in her eyes, when she saw in her eyes. Um, at the end of the chapter, um, it talks about God's the God that sees me. And I looked and sees me. And so this idea of looking and seeing is... Looking and seeing, looking and seeing. They're mirrored mm-hmm. back on each other. Yeah. Cool. Mm-hmm. So that's the B. That's the B. The C, uh, in thy hand do to... Who, to her as it pleaseth thee. Um, she fled from her face. Um, and then Sarah says, I flee from the face of my mistress. And uh, an angel says, submit yourself to her hands. Hmm. Um, hands and fleeing. Hands and fleeing. And then in the center, the angel of the Lord found her by a fountain of water in the wilderness, by the fountain on the way to Shur. And he said, Hagar, Sarah's maid. Uh, where did you come from? And where, where did you, you go? go? Where so, did you come from? So in the Tom center of this chiasm is God taking notice of her. Mm. But again, the author's using structure to draw you to information, to just a like a nugget in the sure. middle. God sees her. God mm-hmm. sees her. That is good. You know what the the repetition at the beginning of this reminds me of is the covenant with Noah. Yeah. That was uh, a chiasm in a chiasm. I think probably if you searched around at the beginning of this, you would, like you hinted at, you would find chiasms in the chiasm. Um, Little little ones, baby chiasms. Right. Well, and I think... Do, 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 do. If I had to guess... The middle of it might be, and Abram listened to the voice of Sarai. Mm. And the listen to the voice, it's the same, it's the same phraseology of uh, both when Abram when Adam listened to the voice of Eve, mm. but also later on in, in Genesis 26, Isaac is gonna be told that God's gonna bless him because. Abram listened to his voice. Listening to the voice of someone and obeying, he who has ears, let him hear. Mm -hmm. Listening and obeying are connected in the Jewish mind. There are times where we should listen to the voice of our wives. I mean, they bring wisdom to, to the conversation. But there are times when we shouldn't. Um, There's... 
times you should listen to my voice and times you shouldn't. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's just true for all of us. And in this particular case, uh, Abram listening to the voice of his wife. And, that, and, th- and this doesn't mean that Abram wasn't looking at Hagar going, hmm, that's a good idea long before mm-hmm. <laughs> Sarai ever said anything. I mean, sure. you know, we're not told what, uh, what Abram's thinking throughout this. We know in the case of Adam with Eve, Adam is there the whole time. Right. That's obvious in the in the language, and so it, apparently the it didn't take much to uh, com- convince Abram this was worth trying out. So obviously, in sixteen and fifteen, you talked about this a little bit uh, in the sermon. There's there's reflections, and we already alluded to, to this earlier in the in the podcast. There's things that are paralleled. Um, yep. There's you want to run us through those again? Yeah, so Israel be Hagar, which is a servant. Yep. Um, was it a servant or the stranger? Jeez. Woo! <laughs> 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 we oh, can edit that out. Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> oh, the the look that me and Jen just traded before we pounced on that. <laughs> the uh, The alien... The stranger, uh, which I, I was looking and go, why does my notes say servant right after that? Who <laughs> the alien, the alien, the serve the, yeah, the stranger. Change it from an S word. It's the alien that'll help. The stranger, the sojourner. That doesn't help the, me either. The vagabond. Um. Oh man, that's funny. So, the uh, yeah, Hager. Uh, is the alien, the stranger, the sojourner, and Hagar was an alien. She was a stranger. She was a sojourner. Uh, Israel will be a servant. Hagar was a servant. Israel was going to be, the prediction was that they'd be afflicted for for 400 years, and Hagar was afflicted by Sarai, and then you came up with another one, which I think is absolutely brilliant. <clears throat> yeah, so at the end of this is there's there's this great possessions, right? They shall come out with great possessions. They shall come out with great possessions. Hmm. Well, at the end of Hagar, we get, what does she come out with? I will surely multiply your offspring. A great nation. A great, yes, a great nation. She's Her offspring are going to be multiplied, which when mm-hmm. you think back that time period, that era, that culture, the more, why is, why is Abram so concerned about his lineage? Well, if you have children, your children take care of you mm-hmm. in your old age. It's like having, it's like having a nest egg for right. us, right? Like this is like, Having children is putting investment into your 401k. Right. Right? Because they're going to take care of you. And your lineage, the more your family grows, and, you know, we talk about warring and tribe. Well, this is their families that are going to war. This is your bed of that is going to war. The more you can grow your bed of, the more possessions you own. Right. Um, that might be a foreign concept to some of us. It's still not completely foreign in our culture. There are many people that value having children. Like, that's a, a, a sign of prosperity. <clears throat> but that has shifted in our culture to some degree. Right. They're going to leave with a, a great, you know, 
a great many possessions and she is going to have a great many offspring. Mm -hmm. This is this, uh, it's a parallel. I think that there's a parallel there between these two, um, which just further, further builds up that back and forth. Right. Well, and the word that's used here, which I think backs up what you're saying is uh, Zerah, which is seed. So I'm going to multiply your seed. Now, um, she takes that as meaning offspring. But if you're if you're a farmer, mm-hmm. an abundance in seed is uh, is still something that's extremely valuable. And there's actually that that it's actually connected um, to the Genesis. 15 story because it's your your seed will be strangers oh oh further interwined yeah there you go all right speaking of webs and connections and all of that good stuff genesis 21 skipping ahead in the story a little bit we're not there yet well we are now we are now (laughs) (laughs) Rob, this Genesis 21 has some connections to this story, and we, we thought about throwing this in the sermon this week, and then we were like, nah, there's enough to talk about. Not yeah. necessary. Yeah, so uh, it's, it's round two for Sarai and Hagar. Isaac uh, is born, he's, he's weaned, and, uh, and Abram, Abraham, his name is changed by that point. Uh, so he makes a great feast on the day Isaac is weaned. But Sarah uh, saw the son of Hagar, the Egyptian, whom she had born to Abraham, laughing. So she said to, to Abraham, cast out this slave woman with her son, for the son and this slave woman shall not be heir with my son Isaac. And the thing was very displeasing to Abraham on account of his son. But God said to Abraham, Be not displeased because of the boy and because of your slave woman. Whatever Sarah says to you, do as she tells you. For through Isaac shall your offspring be named. And I will make a nation of the son of the slave woman also because he is your offspring. So, um, so he sends her away. Uh, he sends her with uh, bread and a skin of water and gave to Hagar, putting on her shoulder along with the child, and sent her away. And she departed and wandered in the wilderness of Beersheba. Um, when the water of the skin was gone, she put the child under one of the bushes. She went and sat down opposite him a good way off, about a distance of bowshot. She said, Let me not look on the death of the child. And as she said, opposite, she lifted up her voice and wept. And God heard the voice of the boy. And the angel of the Lord called to Hagar from heaven and said, What troubles you, Hagar? So this story actually predates uh, another story of someone who leaves with bread on their shoulder. They wander around. They, they go into... A desert place. They have a water crisis, actually two water crises. Um, they are both told to not to fear not, and both need divine intervention. Mm-hmm. 
And so we have these two stories. And for the folks listening to the story at Mount Sinai, they had just experienced this story as their own story. Mm -hmm. And so the Israelites, in their exodus, on their way to Mount Sinai, they leave with shoulder with uh, bread on their shoulders. They're wandering around in the desert. They have a water crisis. They actually have two different water crises. The first is the Red Sea, and then the next is the uh, bitter waters. Um, Moses says to the Israelites, fear not. The angel of the Lord says to Hagar, fear not. And through the intervention, through divine intervention in both stories, um, they have they have water provided for them. There's some connections there, maybe. And so... Something between... So what, what I think happens here is this is kind of... This ties to your implication and your calls to action. Yeah, God, their, God sees... Their story and my story, not all that different. When I say there, I mean that person in mm-hmm. quotes. like Yeah, whoever you're in conflict with. Yeah. Right. The Ishmaelite story... And the Israelite story, not that different. Right. No, they both they both claim Abraham as the father. Yeah. To this day. And we see that that God God sees God sees them both. God sees them both. That might be a little uncomfortable for some of us to wrestle with. Well, when you think in terms of how we have uh how war in history, how war is, is perpetuated, right? Mm-hmm. I think in terms of like the the propaganda mm-hmm. that that the U.S. produced to get buy-in from the American people mm-hmm. about the, the Nazis and, and about the Japanese. Yeah. And the distrust. I mean, we had Japanese-Americans on, on our soil. We had... And and I know that to to a greater extent they were persecuted than uh, um, folks that came from from German descent. Yeah. But uh, if, if you look at the German propaganda of the Americans and and what the Germans really could not believe when they came in contact with the Americans is that oh these people aren't evil. Yeah. They expected us to be evil. Mm-hmm. And at some point, you have to get past that narrative that this that this person that I'm in conflict with is is evil, right? Because if they're my enemy, I can't I can't learn from them. And if they're and if they're evil, then then how do I how do I associate with, with evil? Mm-hmm. And so you know, I just uh, this story I think is just one of the highlights that. We want to divide. We find ways to divide. We look for reasons to divide. That's the that's the easy part. Yeah. Uh, the challenging part is to find ways to unite. Mm-hmm. To look past our differences, to find commonalities, to look past differences, to uh, find solutions. And honestly, it's the great stories. Right. right. Where someone who was your enemy is now is now your friend, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
and they're the one fighting alongside you. Yeah, could you, I think uh, in the Lord of the Rings, you know, um, what's the dwarf's name? Gimli. Gimli. Ah, uh, Gimli and Legolas. Yeah, mm-hmm. he's standing standing on the box, right? I I never thought I'd die standing beside an elf. <laughs> <laughs> How about a friend? How about a friend? Hey, that I could do. Yeah, I think I got that about right. I think that's pretty pretty dang close. That's the way I remember <laughs> it. It's much better than my uh, Hagir. <laughs> it's not even close. Yeah, we're we're drawn so to those stories. We find those stories fun and exciting, and we're, and we're like, yeah, like that's redemptive. Mm-hmm. It's easy for me to see myself in the story of redemption, right? I see uh, the one that's popping to my mind, just a gleaming neon sign, is in the Avatar: The Last Airbender cartoon. In season one, the bad guy is this Zuko, is his name, if I remember correctly. And by the end of the series, sorry, spoiler alert for anybody who hasn't seen it, Zuko is now fighting alongside of our heroes, and he has gone through the most beautiful character transformation over the course of mm-hmm. three seasons. And so, like, I, I imagine this this character transformation. It's easy for me to say, like, oh, yeah, I like that. And I, I can identify, like, I want that in my life. Like, I want to, these things, I want to become the good guy, right? The underdog. And I come back and mm-hmm. to be positive. But... On the flip side, I have those people that are the season one Zuko in my life, mm-hmm. if you will, that are chasing down and making my life miserable. Right. They're no good. That yeah. guy is all evil. Mm-hmm. He yeah. could never be okay. Right. Yeah. <clears throat> and why is he Am watching gonna... cartoons anyway? He's a, an adult. Yeah, I know. It's <laughs> terrible. Well, because that cartoon is friggin' beautiful and some of the best story writing ever. Like I'm not, re- I'm not usually one for for anime and manga and anything like that or cartoons, but that one is that's mm-hmm. some glorious storytelling. I'm just messing with you. That's some deep well, stuff right there. I think just trying to bring the boomers back in. <laughs> <laughs> okay, boomer. There's a character in that story called Boomy. Oh, there you go. I'm just saying. Nailed it. It's so easy to hear it in a story and be like, that's a great story. But then when it's real life and it's you and you're the one who has an enemy and you're the one who's being attacked by that enemy, it's like, nah, that no, that person can't be redeemed. Peace. They can, they can go away. So, and it's taking that moment. And I think it's, you want it to happen overnight and it doesn't, it can be a long process of like, I need to view them as Jesus views them. And how do I see them in love and grace and like not excuse the behavior, but also hold it in a place of like they're hurting and broken and Jesus loves them. And when like you can really like cling to that, that's when your view of your enemy starts to change, I think. So, yep. Yeah. Yeah. Finding the, and I think you start with finding what is common mm-hmm. uh, within that conflict. So often I see two people desiring safety, screaming at the other person, you are not making me feel safe. Mm-hmm. And when you realize... If you're screaming at somebody, you're not making them feel safe either, probably. Mm-hmm. Right. But when but if you could step back and go... And as parents, we do this all the time. Right. You both are screaming for the same thing. Mm-hmm. 
it's hard to have that perspective when we're in the, in the midst of it. Yep. Right. But, you know, as a nation, uh, Japan and Germany are two of our best allies mm-hmm. today. Yep. You know, and so what, 60 some odd years later, 70 some odd years later, the right. story is different. The story's yeah. been redeemed. And and we could have just held on to the fact that, hey, they attacked us. We could have just held on to that. Right. And and never moved past it. And never moved past it. Yeah. And Absolutely. so so at some point you have to make that transition from what you what you did was was wrong. Yeah. To, all right, but how are we can move forward? Right. Yeah. <clears throat> are you going to allow that person the space to have the growth mm-hmm. for them to make it from season one to season three, or to make it from being your enemy to being your ally? Mm-hmm. But you ha- you can create the space. They have to make. They have to go through the growth. Right. Well, and I just read something recently that like forgiveness is a vertical action it's between you and god and reconciliation is a horizontal and so Mm. like like you always have the opportunity to work on forgiving that person and like loving them even if they don't want to be in relationship with you or if maybe sometimes there's people that at certain moments they're not healthy to be in relationship with like Mm. like think of a wife whose husband is abusive like we're not going to say, oh, that's your enemy. Go reconcile. Like we want to make sure that they feel safe, but they can work on the forgiveness piece, which is between them and God. And hopefully that person and reconciliation can happen in a healthy, like everyone has grown sort of way. Absolutely. And that's where it goes. Vertic- nope. Horizontal. I always get those wrong. I should not have. <laughs> that's where it goes. Servant instead of stranger. Mm hmm horizontal instead of vertical mm-hmm. yeah well and i and i do want to highlight that that point if if you are in an abusive situation and the person is actively abusing you and and their tactics have not changed mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that is not the same right that is not you i would be very careful and reluctant as a pastor to lead someone i would I don't think I would lead someone towards reconciliation when the other person is still doing abusive things. Right. Absolutely. Now, right. sometimes you get you're able to change the com. You could change the conversation. Like uh, you could change the dynamics of conversation. Uh, you could you could. Um, and there's there's a lot of wisdom in in abuse cases in particular. There's a lot of wisdom that uh, we could. Uh, draw from. There's people that I know that are trained. There are people that I trust that are trained um, in navigating abuse situations. So that's uh, if you are being abused by your spouse or or a loved one, mm-hmm. uh, please know that that is not absolutely not okay. Uh, come talk to us. We will journey with you on this. We won't isolate you. Um, we won't shame you, um, and we'll bring the right people in to have the conversation to 
bring restoration. A lot of times you have to just pull the person out of the situation. In fact, that that may always need to be true, but I always depend on the wisdom of the folks that are trained in this particular area. Yeah. And we've we've partnered with agencies in the past and, and there are um, Christian organizations that do a phenomenal job of addressing this issue and uh, we have folks that are um, that we could draw upon in those circumstances but um, that doesn't mean you can't see them the way God sees them I think that's still a valid point Mm -hmm. what does God see and what God may be seeing is this person needs to grow up Mm -hmm. (laughs) or this or this or this person is not safe that may be exactly what God's seeing and and that's okay. I mean, like there, there's things that God has seen in me that were absolutely true that I needed to address. Right. Sure. Good stuff there. Good point, Jen. Thanks. I like that. I like that. Let's uh, let's let's take a little turn to the lighter side. Let's talk about some Jesus memes. <laughs> <laughs> Screech, record scratch, left turn. Jesus memes. <laughs> Uh, in the sermon, you you were talking about uh, one of the things that you were you were you pointed out was look at your look at your last hundred social media posts, your last hundred interactions with people, right? And you were making a point with this, and it got me thinking, got me thinking, because my last hundred social media posts, they're not necessarily overtly Christian. There are some of them that will be. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I am a pastor, so I'm sharing, like, I'm going to share our Mission Ridge Church link probably, or. You know this, this, that, or another thing. Maybe a worship song here, or there. Yeah, what's that dominant theme that rises to the surface? Yeah, it got me thinking. I'm not, I, I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and so so what I'm not saying is if you don't have enough Jesus memes in your in your uh, yeah, is, I mean, is that do I need to every time somebody posts one of those? Uh, you know, if if you if you don't share this picture of Obi Wan Kenobi, sorry, I mean Jesus. <laughs> then, you know, he's going to deny you before his father, you know, like and share in 10 seconds. Otherwise, you know, it's taken the the chain email phenomenon, thrown it on Facebook. Is that what you're talking about? No. Uh, rhetorical. I kind of figured it was a no. No. <laughs> That's not uh, what Rob is no. meaning. And, okay. And, and, and it could just, and maybe you're not on social media at all. Yeah, totally so, could be. I think, and that's why you threw in your your interactions with people in general. Right. Yeah, you know, for some people, they're known for for being a Bears fan. You know, Uh, there's there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong for being known for being a Republican or Democrat or supporting a a particular candidate. There's there's nothing wrong with that. Um, There's nothing wrong with posting Jesus memes as long as they're not too cheesy. I mean, I think Jesus cares about that. (laughs) (laughs) It is his name, so... Um, as long as it's you and McGregor, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yikes. But I, you know, for me, it's just. I think it's the agenda behind the post. Have so you like, got, have you gotten away from your core identity? Like, like I, I honestly believe that the people that that I know are attending Mission Ridge, and 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 this is something new for us. We are streaming services, so our audience has grown to some degree. Mm-hmm. I don't always know who that audience is, and so I mm-hmm. need to preach to a larger audience now. Mm. And so, so for for the people I know, like I think 
I could go, yeah, they love Jesus, love Jesus, love Jesus, love, yep, yep, love Jesus, love Jesus, love Jesus. Sometimes the way we communicate in life, though, people get distracted by things that we say, and, and, and it's like, oh, I didn't know they were getting distracted by that. I didn't know that they were, um, I, I think there's what I would call unintended messages. Sure. So, you know, that was just, if you evaluated your top 100 and you're like, yeah, my top 100 doesn't say anything about anything. Okay. That's, you know, or if you do that evaluation, you're like, I need to change some things. Like I need to change my focus a little bit or I need to reword some things sometimes. Double. Yeah. Just give it a little, give it a little thought of like, ah, maybe I'm constantly, I mean, if my if if my Facebook feed is constantly confrontational, mm-hmm. does that reflect Christ? Maybe maybe not. Right. Um, now, on the other hand, flip side of that, maybe maybe I'm passionately confrontational about injustice of something, mm-hmm. you know, and I, I'm calling out the injustice of things. That might that might still be reflecting who Christ is and His character playing out in my life. But I think it's important that you go and I, I would never paint this in a with a broad bar, a broad brush stroke and just say like, nah, like you need to, like I can't do that. This is a case by case. You need to go evaluate your conversations. I need to go evaluate my conversations with people, whether that be on Instagram or Facebook or in person or wherever. I have to look at those. Mm-hmm. I have to take and I have to I have to do it and be honest with myself and authentic with myself. Gosh, that might have come up last week. Mm. And I have to take an honest look at myself and say, does this reflect the character of Christ? Mm-hmm. Whether or not it's overtly Jesus memes, you know, and I say Jesus memes and I mean like maybe it's constantly posting scripture. There's nothing wrong with that. Um that could be a great thing. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, uh, do I have to be doing that to be showing the character of who Christ is? Absolutely not. I could be doing it through reposting my Idaho Vandal stuff, maybe. Right. Right. <clears throat> um, and I think that this the the point here is that you take a honest, authentic look at is the character of Christ coming through, and is that reflected in my conversations via social media? via face-to-face, via how I'm interacting with my server who's coming up to my table. Right. Yeah. Is that reflecting Christ? If you're posting 1 Corinthians 13 about how you should love and then you're treating your server or everyone that you come in contact unloving, like there's a disconnect in what you're saying and how you're behaving. Like your behavior needs to line up with your words. Absolutely. Well, in in this the particular um, call to action was to be defined by Christ. In other words, um, my first allegiance needs to be Jesus Christ and mm-hmm. not the Washington State Cougars. Always needs to be. Yep. Um, it needs to be to Christ and not my political party affiliation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If we're going to be a church that that embraces unity and diversity, 
uh, I want people to be able to look across uh, political lines, um, f- philosophical lines, um, social economic lines, et- ethnical lines, ethnicity. I'm not sure how to say that differently. Uh, eth- not ethical lines, but <laughs> what uh, our race look look past those things and go. You bring up some interesting points. I hadn't thought about that. You're a person. God sees you. I should see you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. And right. and champion. Be a champion for your party. Like I'm. I'm all for that. Like lovingly be a champion for your party, for your political bent. Do that. Yep. Um, but within the church in particular, we should be able to create um, connection with and, and build collaboration with the other party. If we can't do that within the church, where else can we do that? Yeah. All right. Well, let's wrap up uh, with this conversation, Rob, in the in the sermon you mentioned putting the sins of one onto projecting the sins of one onto many. Yeah, and I said be careful. Yeah, yeah. You said we we needed to be careful about this. It, you said we we probably shouldn't do this, but occasionally that might be applicable. Yeah, it maybe. might be something that we can do, but maybe. we needed to be careful. So. Um, you know, I talked about like uh, one police officer that abuses their power does not equal all police officers abusing being abusive. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, and and to say that would discredit all those police officers that um, work so hard to uh, work so hard in their profession to to do it in an honorable way. Now, when when someone that has signed on with ISIS bombs who whatever uh, the train commits, station commits some atrocity mm-hmm. um you can in that particular case i think i think it's appropriate and right to attribute that sin of that one individual on the on the many and and the reason the difference is um the the doctrines the the uh, guiding principles of of isis says that this is what we're going to do. And so when someone lives out what their doctrine, what their philosophy says mm-hmm. they're going to they're gonna do, um, I think it's appropriate to uh, attribute the sin of the one on the, on the many. Yeah. Uh, a police officer that abuses power is not living according to the guidelines, according to the... The guiding principles okay. of the police, right? Mm-hmm. Now there could still be some uh, cultural issues, um, subcultural issues within. Let's say, um, I know that uh, for people of color, and um, they see a different response to to a person of color um, versus a person that's that's white, that's Caucasian. Yeah. Uh, they they see it oftentimes a, a different response level um, in those in those cases. Um, two very similar people. One difference is color, and the response is different. Why is that? 
And, and I think that that's an appropriate question. And a conversation that should be had. Right. That we're, don't, do not hear us wrong. We are not saying that you shouldn't have that conversation. But we should be very, very cautious about throwing broad stroke statements across the many mm-hmm. because of the actions or because of the characteristics of one. And, and that, that goes every direction. And that is not an easy thing to, to do because we get heated. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times these things are personal. And I think it, it behooves us to take a moment, take a breath, and ask ourselves, am I painting? Am I, am I, am I labeling? Am I pigeonholing people based on, on one person's actions? Right. Yeah. Really try to attribute the sin of the one as only the sin of the one. It's not that I can't be drawn into that tactic. Um, it's easy to fall into. Mm-hmm. And, and, and sometimes I may have the opposite problem. Maybe I forget that the, that the many are, are, are culpable too because of a, uh, a cultural issue. But, but I still believe that, by and large, if we deal with the one, and if we deal with today's one sin and not count up, add up mm-hmm. the many sins of the one... I mean, I don't know about you, but you come to me with a list of, of 20 things I've done wrong within the last month, you know, over 30 days span, I'm going to be like, whew, where, where do we start? Right. Sure. How, how, how do we tear, tear this? But if you come to me today and go, man, Rob, earlier when you said blah, 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 um, that really set me off, and this is why I could deal with today's issues. Right. Mm-hmm. But you, you, you're going to add up all my issues over over 49 plus years. You're going to have you're going to need a, a lot of paper. It's going to be some fine print, fine print right there. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. Well, that is a that is a good conversation. It is not this is not an easy conversation to be had. Uh, encourage you as you are discussing this discussing these things this week whether it's in care group or your life transforming group or just with your with various people that you're coming in contact with um as you're discussing these things uh i think showing patience and uh maybe listening more than we speak mm-hmm. might be the i don't have a lot of wise things to say that might be my only bit of wisdom in this is that if i spend less time th- talking and less time thinking about what I'm going to say and more time listening and hearing what the other pe- other person is saying, the conversation goes better. So yeah. take that, do without what you will. So I encourage you to dig in and dive into the text this week as we're moving through Genesis and through the story of Abraham. And we will see you next time on another episode of Footnotes. You've been listening to Footnotes on the Mission Ridge Podcast. For more information about Mission Ridge, please visit our website at missionridge.church. Thanks for tuning in. We hope the rest of your week is straight up hashtag blessed and that you'll join us again next week for more footnotes.